Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm in Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. Let's do it. Hey, Pastor Nick. Let's do it. How's it going? I was just looking at the camera. No, the camera's over there. This is not the camera. That's the camera. See it? See, but if your eyes go there, then you see something else. You know, it's funny how that works. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, um... Happy uh, late Hanukkah to everybody. Post-Hanukkah. Yeah, we are, the season of Hanukkah has finally ended, and now we are uh, moved into the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to pick up where we left off, chapter 22. Today we're going to be doing verses 23 through 26. So I say we jump in. Wow. All right. I'm going to go ahead and read, and then you can kick it off. All right, sounds good. So I'm going to read verses 23 through 33. Questions concerning the resurrection. The religious leaders question Yeshua about the resurrection. Verse 23 of chapter 22 in Matthew. The same day came to him the Sadducees, which say that there is no resurrection, and asked him, saying, Master, Moses said, If a man die having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Now there were with us seven brethren, and the first, when he had married a wife, deceased and having no issue, left his wife unto his brother, meaning no children. Likewise, the second also, and the third unto the seventh. And last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. Notice this is the Sadducees. They're coming, sad. They're coming to her. You see. Jesus answered and said unto them, You do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have ye not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his doctrine. They were astonished. Like, wow. So the Sadducees are coming at him. So what do you got for me? Uh, So uh, after the Pharisees and the Herodians had failed to trap Jesus, the Sadducees smugly stepped in to try. They did not believe in the resurrection because the Pentateuch, or the Torah, Genesis through Deuteronomy, has no direct teaching on it. So you got two groups the Pharisees and the Sadducees, one believing in the resurrection, the other saying there is no resurrection. No afterlife, you know? I mean, I guess they don't believe in anything. That's crazy. Afterlife, right? That's nuts. And so if you remember uh, in the previous portion, uh, in the last verses uh, that we read in Matthew, this is where the, they came to him about, you know, should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? And he says, hey, whose face is on the coin? And he says, render to Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's, right? And everybody's like, whoa, right? So he's just knocking them down one by one, right? So he already sure took is. care of the Herodians, right? And uh, and now he's 
going to take care of the Pharisees and the Sadducees kind of all in the same day. Actually, this one's the Sadducees, right? Yeah, this is the group that comes to him. And then he'll, he'll knock the Pharisees out too, don't you worry. It's coming. Chapter 23 is, is a bad day for the, the, the Pharisees. <laughs> so uh, what they've proposed to him is they said the same day uh, they, the Sadducees came to him that said there's no resurrection and asked him, Master, Moses said if a man die having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. And so the law said that when a woman's husband died without having a son, the man's brother had the responsibility to marry and care for the widow. You can find this in Deuteronomy chapter 25, verses 5 and 6. Right? So this is part of the Torah. This is part of the, the law. Um, this law protected women who were left alone because in that culture, they usually had no other means to support themselves. Right? And I suppose this is... Uh, in the law, it actually says that they're providing offspring for their brother. Right. right. They're doing this to carry on their brother's name. Right. We see that in the case with Judah. Right. At the time of Joseph. Exactly. The three sons. That's right. That's she right. Didn't, she didn't get the third son or something. And That's right. So, which he, is a practical Then he example. went on to her. He went on to Tamar. And right. They had two children. So they were proposing this this uh, question to try to, to prove that there is no resurrection, right? And in this case, they say, now there were with us seven brethren, and the first, when he had married a wife, deceased, and having no issue, or no children, as you mentioned, left his wife unto his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third unto the seventh. So this goes down the line. She marries the next one and the next one, none of them having kids by her. Okay? Interesting. Just Good because, question. Right? All the way to the seventh. And the last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they, had all, they all had her. Now, first off, this is a ridiculous question. It's pretty wild. I mean, how, how, I mean, seven brothers having the same wife over time. I mean, in the real world, in the world that exists, when are you ever going to actually see this happen? And not, not having children. Well, that's what I mean. Never having children all the way through seven brothers, you know? To try to get a seed. Correct. And they still didn't win. And then she dies. And then they didn't accomplish anything. <laughs> right. She nothing. was done. Yeah. And so the question is if a woman was she married. She was a man eater. <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's bad luck i don't know i don't know if i was like the fifth one i might be like oh man you know this is a tough this is a tough one like the woman at the well yeah. married five times right uh so the question in this case is if if a woman was married to seven different men in this life that passed away whose wife is she in the next and that's the question that is the question that they, that they offered him right they gave to him Correct. He's going to respond. He does. And, you know, not everybody's going to like his response. And it's interesting. there's some, you know, differing interpretations on this response. But here's what Jesus says. Jesus answered them and said, Ye do err, not knowing the Scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. Interesting. So let me ask you Because angels this. don't marry. Right. So angels don't marry, but they left their first estate, and they went on to the women. The fallen angels did. Right. And they married. But he's setting a—I guess he's setting a standard here. He's like, a fact. Angels aren't up in heaven getting married. Well, I think the people that are, are listening or watching can help me out. If anybody has information on where in the Scriptures do we find, right, about angels— Marrying and giving a marriage or not. Right? Other than right before the flood. Correct. Well, that's yeah. even then, that's not even necessarily marrying. But, but that's I mean, not in heaven. Correct. 
So if it says they left their first estate, right, the first estate right. was no marriage. Right, right, right. Okay, interesting. I think there's a movie with Nicolas Cage and Meg Ryan or something. The the fallen angel gives oh, up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He gives up his... Uh, his angel status. His or angel status to be human, to bury. And yeah. There's a Goo Goo Dolls song that's on the soundtrack of that movie that was real popular back when I was younger. Yeah, Iris. Something like that. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it's something to think about. Yeah, yeah. It's been a minute since I've I even thought about that movie in a long time. All right. So the Sadducees are making two errors. Number one, they do not know the scriptures well enough to know that the scripture teaches the reality of the resurrection. Number two, they do not know the power of God to create a much more wonderful world than anyone can imagine. Right? Yeah. Because I'm thinking I really like my wife. You know? I hope we're married when we get there, you know, but like, she's like, nah, bro, we're not going to be married. And she doesn't, she even says it and she's almost like a little happy about it. You know, I'm like. She kind of said that we're not going to be together or something? Well, not, not, she says that the Bible says that there's no marriage in heaven. Well. Oh, yes. Please, Pastor, tell us. You know, I told you this story before, right? I don't know. Because it made me think of something because maybe that's why Danielle and, and Ashley have something in common. There you go. To get rid of us. <laughs> Finally. A technicality. Yeah, yeah, right? No, I was being very nice to my wife, and I said, you know, honey, Yeshua is preparing a place for us and everything. I said, I'll tell you what, you know, um, you know, when we get when we get our own place, you know, we, we, we you and I together, we're going to, you can have upstairs or downstairs, whatever you want, and I'll take the bottom or you take the top. And she looked at me, and she says, I'm getting my own place. Oh! Like, what? She said that. I don't know. That was shocked. Like, yeah, man. That's terrible. So playing. if anybody has any like legitimate stuff, you know, or even if you have a joke, it's okay too. I like jokes. Uh, go ahead and comment that for us or send me an email, ryan at praise.net. I'd be really interested to hear Check your emails. what your thoughts on that are. Um, it would be interesting. So moving what's, on. What's the other bullet point? Yep. They neither marry... Uh, nor are given in marriage, implies that the present institution of marriage means living without an exclusive lifelong marriage commitment to one person. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, because eternity is a long time, right? And what is it? Till death do us part. Marry to bury. That's what I say. <laughs> My dad always said, Cabrera men don't divorce their women. We bury them. And I'm like, aren't you divorced, dad? <laughs> He's like, that's why we say that. <laughs> oh, he was married before? Yeah. Oh, so there you go. Yeah. My mom was married before. Mm. All right. So, uh, okay. So moving on. So we're going to get into the, the God oh, of the living, right? Oh, yeah. That's right. He's going to set it straight. Like, come on, you know. So this is what this Yeshua is a good point. I like finishes up with his little point here, right? And he says, but is touching the resurrection of the dead. Have ye not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Now, I am the God of Abraham, and Isaac, and Jacob. The present tense in this quotation from Exodus chapter 3, verse 6, logically implies that when God spoke these words to Moses, God was still in covenant relationship with the patriarchs, even though they had been dead for centuries. Hundreds of years. If the Pentateuch, or the Torah, thus implies that the patriarchs are still alive, and if the rest of the Old Testament points to resurrection, as it does, then the Sadducees should recognize God's power to raise the patriarchs and all God's people to enjoy his eternal covenant and a life beyond this one. That's, that's, that's pretty, deep. It is. Now, here's what's cool. 
uh, I I wonder, you know, uh, about other like religions and stuff. What do other people believe about afterlife and resurrection, right? Because I know there's people that believe in like reincarnation, right? You're That's in this terrible. constant cycle of like as, something. as a rat, you I know? Don't know. You didn't do good in this life, so you came back you as know, a rat. What if you come back as a fly? Yeah. No. Yeah, I don't I mean, know if that's it, possible. It'll be short-lived. The average lifespan of a housefly is 30 days. Yeah. Well, then it's gone and it comes back as something else. Hopefully, it got an upgrade. That's crazy. Maybe a squirrel. What is up with that? Yeah. Anyways, so enough about that. So uh, Judaism, uh, obviously, at this time, had two different beliefs on the afterlife, right? And even within Christianity, there's a spectrum of what people actually believe. Some people believe, hey, you sleep in the earth, right, in Sheol, and you wait, in Abraham's bosom until yeah. the resurrection, then everybody's resurrected. The at Jehovah once. Witnesses believe that, right? We're all sleeping. And then there's people that believe, hey, absent from the body is present with the Lord, right? Like Paul's quote, they take that to mean that, hey, the minute you die, you go to heaven and you spend time in the heavens with the Lord. But then at some point you're resurrected and then you're back in your body here, right? So there's what does Paul say to be absent from the bodies to be with the Lord. So right, it's not a fully resurrected body yet. If you, all these people are in heaven right now, correct. Correct, because at some point... That's what I'm thinking. I mean, at some point they're doing something. Maybe there's the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive remain shall we come together and meet him in the air. Here's what we know for sure. We know there is a resurrection, right? And we know that the patriarchs will be there. We know Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will be there. Jesus himself says it, right? And every Shabbat, there's this song the Jewish people sing, you know? Do you remember Shabbat Shalom? Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat 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 Shalom. But then it, you know, that song keeps going, right? You keep clapping, and then you sing the Oda Vinu Hai. Interesting. And then you go, Am Israel, Am Israel, Am Israel Chai. Right? So Oda Vinu Chai means our fathers live. Wow. Am Israel Chai means the people of Israel live. Now, I always thought this was just like a national cry for like, you know, the state of Israel right. or whatever. Or, hey, we're here today. It's a resurrection song. We're the descendants. It is a resurrection <laughs> song. It is the belief. I got to look that up. That the fathers live, that they're going to be resurrected and that we're gonna, they're going to see them. And that the people of Israel, those in the covenant with God, are also <laughs> going to see him. And I'm just like. I like that. My blo- my brain is just blown into pieces on that one. Because it's like, how cool is it that, you know, we can read the prophet Daniel, both us Jews and Christians, in Daniel chapter 12, which, you know, the reference there, if I can, I think I can grab it real quick. It says, uh, in chapter 12, verse 2, it says, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. So, and then he says, but you, Daniel, shut the book, right? Yeah. Yeah, till the time appointed. The book is open now, though. Boy, it's opening, for sure. Wait for that last week. the birth pangs. Um, all right, bring it on home. All right, so. So what was the response of the multitude after he spoke all these things, Pastor Nick? They were astonished at his doctrine. Right, yeah. One of the issues for the Pharisees and the Sadducees is they would come to Jesus to have these conversations in public. And so there's always a big crowd of witnesses witnessing yeah. these conversations. Interesting. And this is, this is not good for them because... Oh, Yeshua engages them. He's a wordsmith. 
And so they were all astonished. Now, the word doctrine here is the Greek word didache or didache, and it means in, uh, instruction, the act or the matter. So doctrine is what you do. Theology is what you think. Yeah. In modern That's, that's English, the way yeah, I look at for it. For sure. All right. Let's, uh, I mean, think about it. You know, uh, it's interesting. It was it James Cameron who did the Avatar movies and yeah, Titanic. Yeah. You know, I guess uh, he hooked up with uh, the naked archaeologist uh, who was a Jew. Yeah, yeah. And supposedly they found the ossuary of Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a big stink, big brouhaha, you know. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, just to make a little point, but... Uh, That'll be made at the end, but I was just saying that, you know, if you don't have the resurrection, you don't have Christianity. Right. Then he's not the Messiah. I mean, he 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 emphatically said, "Death, burial, resurrection." Yeah. So to sit there and say, "No, he just died," then we can't believe his words. Right. If they found his bones, so you know, and this was the time right around Passover, right before. There's a lot of like scandals or controversial subject matter would come up, you know, like I remember one year the gospel of Judas showed up, you know, right before Passover, you know, ah, yeah. he wasn't really the betrayer and he was enlightened and the others were not. And you're like, what is going on? Yeah. Here? Like you're trying to tr change the, the prophecies and, and what the prophets have written and sure. even what Jesus said. I mean, right. he said, I'm going to be resurrected. Yeah. And then there he is. Boom. You want to read about the great commandment in Matthew 22, verses 34 through 40. It's your turn to read. I would love to. And this is in the New King James here. Actually, I wonder if I can do it straight off of the page. I think I think I can. All right. That's what we normally do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it says here, But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Wow. Yeah, it's good stuff. So we might think the Pharisees would have been glad to see the Sadducees silenced. The question that the Sadducees had always used to trap them was finally answered by Yeshua. Yeah. So he settled the score. You know, he, he, surely, he surely did. Yeah. Well, he, he settled the score. And um, now the Pharisees who had classified over 600 laws often tried to distinguish the more important from the less important. So one of them, a lawyer, asked Yeshua to identify the most important law. Yeah. Because you could put them in categories, ceremonial or yeah. uh, civil. Uh, Yeshua quoted from Deuteronomy 6.5 in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. By fulfilling these two commands, a person keeps all the others since these two summarize the Ten Commandments and all the other Old Testament moral laws. Yeshua said that if we truly love God and our neighbors, we will naturally keep the commandments. This is looking at God's law positively. Yeah. Positively, yes. I mean, you know, think about the principles. Think about what's being said and done here, you know. Look for the principle, you know. But somebody would say, well, you broke one commandment, you break them all. You know, you can't keep all the commandments. It's not the, that's immature. Well, I've heard many times it's said that Jesus came and did away with the Old Testament commands 
and gave us two basic ones because people just couldn't keep it or understand it, but they can keep these and understand these. What's funny about it is that these are obviously left up to interpretation. Love God, love your neighbor. How do I do that? Go read, go so, read the Torah. <laughs> well, he's really building a case when he gets into chapter 23. Right. Well, and he says. he's like, you know, you have no love. You're so dogmatic. You're so strict about the rules. And then you also have added to the word of God. Right. But where's the love, the right. mercy? Right. You know, where the, is The that? weightier matters. Yeah. Yeah. The things that are actually important. Because, and, and by saying weightier matters and by the fact that Yeshua answers the question, he's showing that there are priorities within the Torah. There are priorities to the law of God that, hey, the first and greatest is to love God. Love him first. Oh, by the way, then also love your neighbor. And if you love God, then you're going to love the things that he loves. He loves your neighbor. You know, it's, <laughs> you know get, I mean? it's getting over the hump because I just got a revelation. We all want to love God with all of our, it says right here, heart, soul, and mind, right? Mm-hmm. Or strength. I mean, we want to love him. But what I've discovered is that when those around you start to affect you and hurt you and you become bitter yeah. or have resentment, it can affect your love for God. Because here's the thing. You want to love your neighbor and you want to have empathy, but then you, you could be limited on that. I've discovered that as a pastor. You know, There's only so much you can take from, from your neighbor. There's only so much you can take from those that are near without kind of just coming apart and saying, I got to take a break. Yeah, I got to rethink this thing. You know, because sure. it's affecting my, my empathy. Yeah. Or or I feel numb. So it's interesting, you know. But he says that we have to do both. You know, so if you're in a crisis or a circumstance that's not very healthy or good, then what's going to happen is you're going to, you're going to, it's going to affect your love for God. You know, I, I've been at the place where, you know, hey, hey, God, this is your fault. This is your doing. You got to fix this. I'm I'm doing everything I know to do. You got to do something. Sure. You know, and you throw the ball in his court, and then you just kind of endure it and you, and you wait it out. Yeah. But it can be it can be painful. It can be hard, difficult. But at the same time, it's like you know, it's much better to love than not to love. Yeah. Amen. Just put up with it. Deal with it. Figure it out. I also think that within Christian circles that this statement that Jesus makes about the the two categories of of law you know the ones that pertain to God and the ones that pertain to others other other people um I think that while very profound there's nothing new about the concept and the the Pharisees would not have been shocked by this statement this is one of his least controversial statements <laughs> when it comes to talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, you know, the other groups that had come to try to tempt him or trap him. And the reason it's not controversial is because this is, this is basically the, the SOP, the standard operating procedure. There's two categories of law in the Torah, the laws that are vertical ones, right? The, what is it? The, it's the Mishpatim and the Chokim, the Mish, something like that. There's the Chokim and I think God gets the first 10 commandments the, you know, God gets the first four, then man gets six or something. That's in the that's in the um, the Ten Commandments. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so. the first four ends in the Sabbath, right? And that's a way that we love God is by honoring the Sabbath. Right. And then you turn to your parents. What's five? Honoring your mother and your father. And then the last five are all like, don't covet, don't murder. Don't, so, yeah, so you know. six are for man and Correct. Four, first four are for God. Correct. Four to six ratio. Right. That's pretty cool. It is. He even gives man more. Yeah, right. 
Remember he says, go make it right with your brother, then bring your gift? Right. Absolutely. Well, and showing, you know, the priority there. You know, the the idea, though, that the laws, some of them we understand and some of them we don't. Usually the ones we don't understand are part of those ones that have to do with loving God. Like, we could come up with practical reasons why we honor the Sabbath, but God gave us specific ways to honor the Sabbath. And so it's like, well, why those? You know? Well, it's because this is what God gave us. It doesn't necessarily affect anybody else if I do or don't do that thing, right? Versus things like restitution plus 20%, which absolutely affects your neighbor. And that's a thing about loving your neighbor. And it's easy, I suppose, when it comes to being around others to claim that you love God with all your mind, heart, soul, and strength, right? It's harder to claim that you love others, meaning the proof is in the pudding, right? So you could say you love God all you want, but what about others? Yeah, and Yeshua says you'll know them by their fruit. Others will know whether you love them by your way you act. You know, one, one of my pet peeves is when I go to a restaurant, and people give the waiter or waitress a hard time and they're rude and nasty oh, to them. Oh, yeah. You don't that. even give them, like, the time of day. They're just rude and, and bark at them and yell at them or point at them. I don't know. I've seen it, and I, I almost want to get up from my table and go over there. Yeah. Hey, you have no right to do that. Slap somebody. Like, come on, you know. I've had that. Life. I've been in a situation that's, with that's people just, like that. That's just the way I am. Yeah. You know, I mean, you don't have to treat people like that. Yeah. You don't know what they're going through. No. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I so, I mean, you know, this is important that we, we look at this because, like I said, you know, you can love anybody. Yeah. You just wake up and say, you know, Lord, I just want to help people be kind. You know, um, I'm learning. Uh, I'll tell you how you can really love people. Let, let's say that there's a barista, you know, and you say, hey, listen, I really appreciate you making my coffee. I just tasted this, and this is outstanding. Yeah. And they're just like. <laughs> but it, but I was sincere. Yeah. I mean, it really, it was everything I needed, the right sugar, no foam, extra hot. It was good. Yeah, and for those of you that don't know, that he's he's very specific about how he likes his coffee. But, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, my thing is, though, I'm learning. Yeah, praise God. You know, and to say thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, you know, for doing that, you know. Uh, even even with staff or whatever, you say, oh, thank you, you know. Just to be uh, be a gentleman, be be courteous, be kind. It's like, yeah. be grateful, you know, for what you have. And like when, when someone's doing a good job and, and everything like that, you should, you should compliment it. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's a part of love too, though. You know, when you think about it, you're, you're showing love to someone and care, you know, yeah. and it does make a difference, you know. Um, you know, I, I went to the dollar store last weekend or something and this, this girl looked pretty sad. And I said, uh, I looked at her and I says, I looked at her and I said, you know, I really appreciate it. you're doing a good job. You really are, you know? Yeah. You know, you, you rang up my stuff, you put it in the bag, you give it to her. I said, I really appreciate you. you. You're doing good, you know? And she just smiled, you know? But she was like, boop, you know, she looked like, oh, I'm going to her, you know? And I just said, you know, thank you. You're doing, you're doing a good job, you know? Yeah. And she just smiled. And I left and she was just like smiling at me and she was, changed everything. Yeah, praise God. Especially when you go in the line and someone's mean to somebody and then you come back behind them and say, ah, oh, you know what? Yeah. Don't mind them. You're doing great. Yeah. Damage control. Yeah, that relations. person's obviously having a bad day. You know? So anyway, yeah, I mean, it's it's easier said than done, though, I tell you. Especially when people get huffy and puffy, you know. There's a way to diffuse these things, you know, For emotions sure. and stuff, you know. Say, so, hey, it's got to be all right. Come on, you know. It's, it's okay, you know. Um, so if you want to, 
I guess it's my turn to read, right? Either one. I'm, I'm happy All to right, read. All right, so I'm going to read about David's Lord. Yes. Well, now he's going to hit the deity thing. Oh, yeah. This right is... before 23. He knows what he's doing. I just never, I just put all this together, you know. But in, uh, yeah, this is well, actually. It's, it's uh, funny because, like, this is the battle of questions, right? If you've ever been around Jews when they midrash, it's always about asking people questions and, like, yeah, how do you answer that one? What's, yeah, what the, do you say about that? question with the question. Right. So well, let me ask you. So now Yeshua is turned the tables. Right. And now he's asking the questions. Well, because, you know, what's funny is that if he's the Lord, then he knows the commandments. That's right. And he's telling you what to do. Yeah. You better start loving more. I'll tell you what, this week, uh, was it? Was, so Sunday night was the most recent episode of The Chosen. Season three was released. Episode three. Okay, no spoilers. Please. I'm not giving spoilers. Right, I haven't seen season three yet. It's okay. I'm saving it. Nothing out of the Bible. I'm not going to tell you anything that's not right here. Okay. All right? So there's nothing that I'm going to do. Thank you. Um, just... There's the the scene where uh, Jesus reads the scroll of Isaiah, you know? Um, oh, Nazareth. And he does it. This in, has come to pass. He rolls right. it up. Yeah, yeah, They're going to yeah, throw yeah. him off the cliff. Yeah, yeah. So you, you did see it then? No. I no. read it in my daily bread. Oh, it's in the Bible. Oh, imagine yeah, that. I imagine know. that. Isn't that the carpenter's son? That's yeah. Jesus. <laughs> That's Ryan. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Dagon Waller wannabe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to read David's Lord. <laughs> I know. I mean, he's got me. I'm wearing my I got I got to catch up on my Israel guys episodes. Oh, yeah. I've been just so busy. Yeah, they've been doing some good stuff. I, uh, I had a great day yesterday. I, uh, I just stayed here all day. Praise God. I got here like... I got here at like 10, and I stayed till, what? 10? 9.15, yeah. 9.30. Yeah. So David's Lord, here we go. He's going to be busting out the deity thing here. Oh, man. It says right here in Matthew 23, 41 through 46. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them. Oh, he's going to ask a question now. You guys are asking me all these questions. I'm going to ask you a yeah. question. What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They say unto him, O the son of David. He saith unto them, How then doth David in spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then call him Lord, how is he his son? And no man was able to answer him a word, neither durst any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. <laughs> So the Pharisees and the Herodians had asked their questions, and then Yeshua turned the tables and asked them a penetrating question, who they thought the Messiah was, right? Because if you remember, if you I don't think the Herodians were there, were they? Uh, well, no, because the Pharisees, you, you Sadducees, do, you and Herodians. you got Pharisees and Sadducees. However, yes, they were, because if you go back to the um, verse 15 of the same chapter, because this is last, or well, I say the last, because it's been a while since we've been in Matthew. And it was the Pharisees oh, I got and the Herodians that's good, that's together. Good. Oh, yeah, then they had disciples, too. So you've got three groups. Oh, wow. Herodians, Pharisees, and Sadducees Man, have all been tag -teaming. hitting them. Oh, my gosh. It's bad enough to have one enemy. He did the rope of dope for a while. Ooh, ooh, you know? ooh, ooh. And now he's starting to, <laughs> start to bring in the punches. So That is so funny. So they want, he wants to know who do they think the Messiah is, right? And... Uh, and then he, he poses a question then that's found in the Psalms, right? Uh, in Psalm 110, talking about the Lord. 
is my Lord or whatever. And so the Pharisees knew the Messiah would be a descendant of David, but they did not understand that he would be God himself. And so Yeshua quotes Psalm 110.1 to show that Messiah was to be greater than David. In Hebrews 1.13, it uses the same text as proof of Christ's deity. You want to read that? You want to read Hebrews 1.13? Oh, sure. In the New King James? Is the he- Hebrews is in the New Testament, right? Yeah. That's the coffee, or how they make Hebrews. coffee? <laughs> See what I did there? I like that. All right, so, but to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Ooh, so, that's, so it's not an angel. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. Oh, yeah, this yeah. is right. Yeah, yeah, he's not yeah. speaking to the angels. He's speaking to the sun. No, he's not. Speaking to the sun. And so bottom line, Ooh. bottom line, he says, and no man was able to answer him a word, neither does any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. They're like, look, man, this guy's got an answer for everything, you know, and they're good answers. And we keep doing this in public and shooting ourselves in the foot because everybody's watching and they're hearing his answers and his answers are clearly better than ours. So in Psalm 110, verse one, he says, and, and the Lord said unto my Lord, they're both lords. Right. Right. Which is what? It's either Elohim or... Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Lord is 113. Let's see here. Oh, you got it? Yeah, 113. Let's see which one can get it faster, the electronic version or the paper version. Wow, this is interesting. Uh, uh, What was that? Psalm 110? It's the Old Testament. Psalm 110. I don't... Adon, no, yeah. Yeah, Adon, because like Adonai. Adon, yeah. So that's that's probably the... Um, Sovereign, controller, right. Lord, master, owner. So the Lord... Compare also names beginning with Adonai or Adonai. Wow, Adon. Mm, yes, Adonai. Adonai, Adonai which Adonai. is... So like I'm looking at it in the Hebrew here, right? And it says, let Adonai, so two so if it's Lord. So l- if it's two Lords speaking, then... It ain't David. <laughs> right. It's, Hang on here. It's two beings. Here. So I see Yahweh and Adoni. So I don't know. Well, I picked the second Lord. Right. Is Adoni. Right. The first, first one, one could be something else. The first one is Yahweh. Oh, really? Yep. Wow. So it says, uh, so it's David, right? Um, Mizmor, right? And then... Yahweh, the Lord, and then Adon, unto my Lord. So then Yahweh says unto my Lord. (laughs) Wow. So Yeshua obviously uses this as his example. You know what I mean? Clearly understanding what it's saying. And he says, how is it then that he's saying to his Lord, you know? Because it's David's Lord. The point is not that this person is greater than David. Right. Right? So David says to Yahweh, He's my Lord. He's talking about the conversation that's happened up there. Correct. Correct. He's not saying the son of David is not the line of the Messiah. Correct. This, yeah. Thank you for the clarification. So, yeah. yeah, he's getting into the fact of right there at that time in that location, the throne, there's, there's two beings. <laughs> right, right, right. All right. What two points did you get out of Matthew chapter 22, verses 23 through 46? My first one was this. God will raise the dead in the last days, and his kingdom will never end. Man, is that ancient of days? See, the gospel of the kingdom is the gospel. The good news is that there's going to be a kingdom, right? And that the kingdom is coming to earth. Yeah, that's that's it. That's the good news. Dr. Michael Heiser was talking about that. 
Well, I think we get it twisted. You know, we, we over-spiritualize the gospel, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I mean, think when Messiah, Messiah comes back to rule and reign, Earth's going to look just like this. Right. We'll probably be working for the Department of Transportation. Right. Fixing roads and bridges finally after all these years. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it makes you wonder because it's not till after a thousand years that he gets a new heaven, new earth. I was thinking that like I wanted to be an advisor or something like that, some some sort of consultative capacity, like a chief of staff or something like that, you know, or state department. But then I was thinking like, I mean, how, what am I going to advise the Lord on? <laughs> He's going to rule with a rod of iron. He knows everything already. He missed that road. And like, what opinion am I going to have that's going to be better than any opinion he has? It's not like I'm going to correct his opinion on something. I'm well, not going to give him any information he doesn't know. You have some crazy imagination, you know. I'm just saying, you know. I mean, like, I don't really see very many people even talking about that. Yeah, but I can do whatever he tells me to do. So whatever that is, you know, I'm down. Um, all right. So my second point was God's commands can be separated into two categories. Jesus Himself says that the law and the prophets hang on those two commands. Wow. And those two th- categories neat. are. Laws that pertain to ways we love God and laws that pertain to ways we love our fellow human right. beings. That's good. That's what I got. All right. I got number one. Without the doctrine of the resurrection, you cannot have Christianity. This is true. I'm just going to say. Yeah. Death, burial, and resurrection. I mean, yeah. that's that's Christianity. I mean, the whole purpose is, right? So, like, right. Uh, believe with your mouth. Or wait, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from from the the dead. dead, You shall be saved. You shall be saved. Uh, The two greatest commandments are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. I would say, please love yourself. Yes. That's it. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for these words. This is uh, a short but impactful set of scriptures, Lord. There's a lot that we can, can take from this and run with. And so we just, we believe. And by faith, we walk out uh, these things that you've presented to us today in your word. And so we thank you for this in Yeshua's name. Amen. All right. Great. Keep the conversation going. I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, you can the talk in the are really good. The YouTube chat. That's right. The story of Joseph. Um, and uh, you can also email me at ryan at twopraise.net. If you need anything, bless you. Have a great week. <laughs>